and welcome back to Freight Waves Now for today's edition of The Roundtable. We're sitting here with Randy Mullet and with Lauren Smith, both coming to us out of Washington with some ideas on what the state of Washington looks like as we head into the end of this year. And when it comes to freight, it's a little bit of a messy situation as Congress really can't get their act together with what to do with a lot of things. I feel like freight is kind of low on the priority list right now. So guys, thank you for joining us here to you kind of wrap it up, this is the last conversation that we're going to have like this for 2023. When we reconvene in 2024, we will officially be in that true election year. So Randy, let's start with you and give me just kind of your general thoughts on where we sit headed into the end of the year. Well, I think that at the end of the year, it's going out with a bang and we're in as crazy a position as we were at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, the House has gone home. Um but the Senate is hanging behind, trying to get a deal done on immigration uh, that that's combined with uh, funding the wars in both Israel and Ukraine. Uh, so they were supposed to be gone. They're hanging back, trying to get that done. Uh, I don't have any great confidence that that's going to happen. Then they'll come back in January. They'll start all over again on this war funding stuff and the immigration stuff, border, I should call it. And... Um, then right after that, we bump up against the uh, government running out of money and uh, having to, to do either new spending bills or uh, another extension. Lauren, are you seeing basically that same exact thing? It's the House is gone, the Senate's still trying to get work done, but there's they're really just kind of out of time. Well, they're definitely out of time. The I, I think the good news is they did get the National Defense Authorization Act resolved. So you have the defense authorization. That's done. Uh, there are some provisions there that are relevant to things like the uh, the Coast Guard and uh, port security that we think of in terms of freight. So very important there. Uh, so I'd say a little bit of a positive note at the end of the year of, of what Randy notes has been a pretty crazy, uh, you know, just not a year uh, on Capitol Hill in Washington. Um, I think that the uh, the, the the war funding issue, uh, you know, compromise is going nowhere. I think that Congress is not going to get a deal on uh, border security plus Ukraine aid plus Israel aid uh, plus uh, Taiwan is also in the mix there, too. But I think that whole package is going to collapse and go nowhere. And I think that um, that actually may end up um, putting Congress in a mind to finish up the FY24 appropriations by the end of January. And so I'd you know, somewhat optimistic there. That feels like uh, like a good egg nestled in a very, very full basket for Congress coming back after the holiday season. When it comes to freight itself, obviously we've seen some pretty headline-making news about things coming out of Washington, but with very little forward progress on that. Obviously, at the end of November, Biden uh, announced his supply chain resiliency plan, and that had a lot of things that wanted to be accomplished. But as we mentioned, not a lot of time to do so. We are now underneath 365 days of an election year, assuming he's going to be the Democratic frontrunner. Do we think that this is kind of a an opportunity for him to maybe posture a little bit on what his plans would be for re-election? Or is there actually any meat on, on or any merit on that could actually get done for some of his uh, initiatives? Lauren, we'll start with you. Yeah, and no, I think that the uh, the Biden administration is definitely trying to project a focus on the supply chain. And uh, what President Biden did was sort of the next step uh, following the uh, the FLOW initiative, Freight Logistics Optimization Works is the acronym, because in Washington, we love our acronyms. And that was the original supply chain initiative from the uh, Biden team. And now we're seeing sort of, you know, a more muscular 
Let's get all of the cabinet agencies involved. Let's, let's get the doors opened on this new Office of Multimodal Freight at the Department of Transportation. Um, uh, that was, that was uh, part of the 2021 infrastructure bill. So I think trying to sort of show that there's a real focus on the supply chain. I think it's. I think that 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 is actually geared specifically towards the election year. Uh, although, if President Biden is reelected, uh, he may have an opportunity to do a second infrastructure bill because I think that Congress is going to uh, reopen the issue in 2027, uh, regardless of who wins the presidential election. Actually. So with uh, any funds that have been allocated either from the infrastructure bill or from this now Supply Chain Resiliency Act, is there an opportunity? Has Have any of those funds actually been released? Have we started to see any progress being made? And is there an opportunity for some of them to be released as we head into 2024, Randy? I think that there is an opportunity for some, but primarily everything that's been released so far has been nibbling around the edges. It's been to study things, to uh, start a permitting process. These things take an awful, awful lot of time. It's one of the things that, um, whether you believe that that they're doing it for political reasons or not, uh, the Republican Congress is working <clears throat> overtime on oversight of the spending out of the infrastructure bill, mostly because it's not happening. Uh, Lauren said in his in his last thing that um, part of, part of the, the the office of intermodal. Uh, is just get, uh, intermodal freight is just getting up and running. You know, they're working hard to get that up and running. That bill was passed in 2021. So I think that that is the sort of time lag that we're spending in. So a lot of this is posturing. Um, if I recall, the first report is due from the um, uh, flow upper management, for lack of better terminology, in this, uh, uh, their new logistics and, and freight program in 18 months. Well, Biden's out of office in 18 months. So there's a, a lot of um, time delay in getting these things done, but he has to posture it right because there's a lot of money there that's going to be used for something. And we just got to make sure it's used for the right stuff and that it gets uh, out of the government and into the hands of people that can actually make things happen. So that's kind of an overview of what's going on from the executive level. But if we take down, uh, go down a little bit into the actual House, Senate, the Congress itself, and look at some of the subcommittees, there's lots of things that are still continuing to happen on a lower level for a lot of rulemakings going on with some of our offices. We've seen some hearings going on from the FMCSA as recently as last week, talking about speed limiters, talking about some other provisions and some other rulemakings. Are there any big news or is there any big news coming out of any of these smaller agencies that we think are going to be big time issues headed into 2024, Lauren? Oh, yes. I think the regulatory uh, stories are probably the most impactful policy question when you think about the election year. So something like speed limiters, I think, is probably uh, probably going nowhere if the Republicans uh, win the White House next year. Uh, and in fact, I believe that the um, I mean, some of these rules like they uh, are, are, are not slated to get uh, to land until after May of next year. And so uh, that would bump up against a Congressional Review Act deadline, which would allow Congress to uh, reverse some of those rules, uh, yeah. which is a, a weedier process. But you know, I think those regulatory stories are actually very important around the edges of freight, and particularly trucking uh, going into next year. 
Renu, what about your thoughts? Obviously, speed limiters are one thing. We've had talks about truck parking funding. We've had talks about um, restrictions on other types of employment applications. We've had talks about double brokering and fraud and all kinds of things pop up. What do you think has actual legs to run in 2024 as far as priorities go for Congress? So I, I agree entirely with Lauren. It's going to shift from a congressional thing to an agency thing. Um, the agencies smell blood in the water <clears throat> or, or are fearful that they're going to be out of a job if the administration changes. So they're going to work like crazy in the first six months of this year to get their agendas through. For me, I think that the two biggest things are around electrification um, and, and the environmental consequences that go along with that for the trucking industry and probably the rail industry and, and the ports as well. And then the second thing is um, uh, independent contractor ruling and uh, what 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 constitutes an independent contractor, probably on the national level. Those are the two things I'm watching closest in the first six months. So let's pivot one last time now to go ahead and talk about the judicial branch. There are some very big issues that are impacting trucking that would have the opportunity to be taken up in the Supreme Court this year, thinking mostly about the broker-carrier liability case that we've now seen three separate and very distinct rulings from district courts on. Do we think that that has any now priority for the Supreme Court going forward? Do we think that we could potentially see a, role, a ruling on broker-carrier liability going forward? Who do you want to answer, occasionally? Both of you. I'll start with you, Lauren. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, you're absolutely right. The Supreme Court is going to have a lot to say about regulatory policy. Um, two principles here. Uh, one is that Cong is that the Supreme Court is moving to uh, roll back a 1984 decision called Chevron, which awarded uh, additional deference to regulatory agencies. It basically said, look, uh, a law was passed. Uh, the regulators in charge of enforcing it, uh, they probably know what they're doing. And it sort of created a high bar for uh, someone to, to object or say, well, wait, the regulator is not taking doing the correct cost-benefit analysis or is stretching the language in the statute. Um, and so because of that, that the, the, the Supreme Court, again, is going to trim that level of deference that's awarded to uh, regulatory agencies, probably not do away with it completely, but probably trim it back in some notable way. And so that's going to affect a lot of regulatory actions and probably a lot of the more sweeping ones. And Randy correctly flags the uh, the environmental issue. I mean, that, that's really the number one uh, issue, I think, across the freight industry. Uh, but when you think about the broker-dealer question, you know, the second principle I'd look at with respect to the Supreme Court is, you know, which side is the, is, is the little guy on? You know, whether it's um, sort of a, everyone's sort of focused on the liberal versus conservative, you know, war on the Supreme Court. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, when there's, when there's a, a, a side of the issue that's, that's sort of more like, like here's the, you know, the little guy is getting stepped on in some way, uh, that's where the Supreme Court ultimately uh, oftentimes will tilt, again, like, you know, irrespective of left versus right, um, you know, uh, sort of saying like, you know, if you have a, you have a small business that's being, that's being um, unfairly punished by a bureaucracy, or if it's an individual worker that's being, you know, uh, mistreated by by a, uh, by a larger entity, um, that's where the Supreme Court usually comes down. And so I think that that, that that would be my that would be my my yardstick for sort of trying to guess on that one. Randy, really quickly, anything to add on that one? No, but I think that uh, Lauren's particularly right in that 
if that Chevron decision is overturned, that changes the way um, regulatory agencies have to think about everything that they do uh, from a legal perspective. It's going to be interesting to see what takes precedent and what actually matters headed into our 2024 legislative year. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you guys next year. Thank you, Kaylee. Thanks so much, Kaylee. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap up today's episode of Freight Waves Now right after this. 